if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. We are starting at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 24th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. We have a lot of business to get to today, uh, and it's very important business. Coming up in about a half an hour at 935, we're going to talk with Melanie Stolarski, who is uh, a leader of an organization that has had enough when it comes to limiting our freedoms as we move about in public, specifically freeing the face, breathing the clean air, and shopping without a mask. Yes, she leads a group of individuals that go out together because there is safety and there is power in numbers. She's going to tell her story at 9.35. Coming up also uh, this morning at 10.35, no, excuse me, 10.10, beg your pardon, 10.10, we're going to be talking with Ohio Star State House reporter and managing editor Jack Windsor about Mike DeWine's veto yesterday of... Uh, the Senate Bill 22, which is intended to give us back some of our liberties. Uh, Jack spoke with not only uh, constitutional attorney Maurice Thompson with the 1851 Law Center, but also with a state representative who responded to Mike DeWine's veto, his five-page explanation of his veto, in a point-by-point basis that is unbelievable. So Jack will tell us about all of that. However, we will not start this program today until we start with our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. A tribute to our patriots and a thorn in the side of our liberal friends who hate that pledge. Okay, uh, going to start speaking of the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and the Constitution of the United States, which also represents her. Let's talk about um, the Second Amendment. The left has decided that you can no longer have your guns because you are uh, uh, incapable of handling them properly. You are a bad person. You are uh, evil, particularly if you happen to have lighter skin than dark. You are evil. You are privileged and supremacist all at the same time, and you just can't have guns anymore. This, of course, in the wake of the terrible mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado, 
that took the lives of 10 individuals and the life of one police officer, including the life of one police officer. Now, this isn't a government spokesperson. This is just a bubblehead sitting on MSNBC's The View, one of the hens sitting in her nest and cackling away and telling you how evil you are for wanting to avail yourself of the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. I I don't think we can any longer equate freedom with the unfettered right to own assault rifles. That is not freedom because I feel like a hostage right now. I feel like a hostage to the selfish people that insist on owning these types of weapons. She feels like a hostage. Therefore, you must give up your rights. Rights granted to you not by man, but by God. And what I mean by that is our Constitution is rooted in faith. And our Constitution provides us as free people created in God's image to protect ourselves, to defend ourselves, to speak freely, to own property, to elect our officials, to provide for the common good, etc., 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 etc. The Constitution of the United States guarantees us rights given to us by God. And yes, that is the right to defend ourselves. But Sonny Hostin, one of the bubbleheads on The View, says that because she doesn't feel safe, you don't get to have a gun. Or what she deems to be, and I would love for her to explain and define what an assault rifle is. You don't get to have an assault rifle because of how she feels. She feels like a hostage, she says, because you want to own an AR-15 or if you want to own um, uh, another semi-automatic, semi-automatic rifle or maybe you want to own a high-capacity uh, high <clears throat> weapon or rather a weapon with a high-capacity magazine. Um, she, her feelings trump your rights to own those things, and that makes you, as she said, selfish. Let's hear that part again, and we'll finish the uh, clip. That is not freedom, because I feel like a hostage right now. I feel like a hostage to the selfish people that insist on owning these types of weapons. That is not freedom in this country. You are not a patriot because you think you have the right to own these types of weapons. You are not a patriot. You should be uh, taking care of your fellow Americans. And the best way to take care of our fellow Americans, according to the bubble-headed leftists on The View, and by the way, just the gall, the the temerity, the, the chutzpah, the, the unbelievable sense of superiority and entitlement for this bimbo to go on national television and tell you that if you wish to avail yourself of the Second Amendment, that it makes you selfish and a non-patriot, all because it makes her scared. Because assault rifle, assault rifle, assault rifle, that word assault is in it, so it's got to be just evil and horrible. Take care of your fellow Americans, she said. What's the best way to take care of your fellow Americans in 2021? Particularly fellow Americans who happen to be like, I don't know, your family? What's the best way to take care of them in 2021? I'm going to go ahead and suggest to you that in a year, 
and in an era of our existence that we are in right now, where our new federal governmental leadership is projecting weakness to the rest of the world, the likes of which we have not seen in a long, long time, the complete destruction of our military, the abandonment, the abandonment of our long-held military traditions and principles, which have helped us to win war after war after war, defending the American people and saving life after life after life. It's been abandoned in favor of, we've got to make sure we have pregnancy flight suits. We've got to make sure that we have new rules that say, you can't call one of your fellow platoon mates a he if he feels like a she. Inclusion and diversity have trumped in our American military readiness, preparedness. That's just our military. Now let's get inside the communities in which we live. Let's get into our towns, our townships, our cities, our states. And let's talk about security and protecting our fellow Americans, Sonny Hostin. Let's talk about protecting ourselves. Who is supposed to protect us in 2021 in America? And if you say police, you are an even bigger bubblehead than you made yourself out to be when you said it's not patriotic to avail ourselves of the Constitution. You and your leftist friends want to abolish the police department. They want to abolish, you want to abolish or defund to the point where they are completely ineffective at protecting people. So here's what your, your solution to all of this is. Have a weak military, which is going to clearly lead to some foreign power taking action against us, especially when you send another bubblehead like Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, to a bilateral conference with the Chinese in Alaska and watch him get his lunch handed to him. Our foreign enemies see our current administration and know that they are without clue. Meanwhile, our southern border is a sieve. And people from all over the world who want to come into the United States and take down this great republic, they know all they've got to do is just embed themselves with a caravan. They're going to be allowed in. They're not even going to be handed a court date to come back and prove their claims. So you people want to let our weak military now, our inclusive and diverse military, which is more concerned about pronouns than preparation. You want to make get, make our southern border completely invisible and leave us vulnerable to countless numbers of threats, either from cartels and gang members and drug runners and human traffickers to foreign terrorists. And then once inside our cities, police are completely removed, either by defunding or cutting down the forces to the point where they're non-existent. And then finally, to bring it home, you want to tell the American people they can't own guns. 
So the country isn't going to protect you. The police isn't going to protect you. And you are not allowed to protect you. Does anyone else find this just particularly insane? The threats have never been greater. Our resistance to them has never been weaker. And now the American people are supposed to give up our guns because they make people like like uh, Bubblehead Sonny Hostin feel un- unsafe or feel like a hostage. You're not a hostage from good people carrying weapons to protect themselves, Sonny Hostin. You're a hostage, if you feel like a hostage, of your own mind. You have made up your mind because of your leftist ideology that guns are bad, and if somebody has a gun, you're in jeopardy. I promise you, Bubblehead, if you go into a restaurant where there's a sign on the window that says no guns allowed at all, or you go into another restaurant where a sign says concealed carry welcome here, you will feel, you will feel and be a thousand times more safe in the second restaurant. But no. People shouldn't feel like patriots for having guns. Guns are bad. Guns are evil. Guns are guns are only there to harm other people. Democrats are pushing for gun control in the wake of that mass shooting in Boulder. The Senate promising to take up gun control discussions as President Biden says he won't hesitate to act. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps will save the lives in the future. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Why would we want to ban high-capacity magazines when there may be high-capacity magazine shooters targeting us? We're supposed to reply and protect and defend with a pea shooter? Is ding. I think I got him. Oh, I definitely got him that time. Why is it the left's default position that the American people and the would-be victims have no need for high capacity? Why is it their default position that if you have a high-capacity magazine and a semi-automatic weapon, that you are a potential terrorist or mass shooter why and why by the way is the fixation always on these despite the fact that the overwhelming majority of gun crimes and murders in this country are committed with handguns usually not by Syrians like the shooter in Boulder, Colorado, or white domestic terrorists, like the narrative says, usually by gang members in urban centers committed among inner-city populations. Yet they want to blame the guns, and they want to take away your right to defend yourself. They want you to be left helpless when somebody with, and by the way, in case it escapes anyone, The shooter in Colorado bought his weapon legally. And then he went out and tried to murder people, or did murder people. What's the lesson there? Bad guys don't obey laws. 
You can pass all of the new laws that you want. They're going to ignore them. You can say no high-capacity magazines will be sold. You don't think they're going to get their hands on high-capacity? Dennis Prager once said, and it must be repeated, the left destroys everything it touches, including our Constitution. We'll be right back. Let's debunk some of this nonsense before it even gets started, okay? Just in a short segment here. Biden says he doesn't have to wait. He may use executive order to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He said he did this once before. He got it done when he was a senator, and that part's true. He said it passed. It was the law for the longest time, and it brought down these mass killings. We should do it again. That part is not true. As David Arsanya in the uh, National Review points out, the federal assault weapons ban Biden is referring to lasted for 10 years, 1994 to 2004, before sunsetting. Study after study after study after study showed that it did nothing to diminish homicides or mass shootings for those 10 years. Conversely, once that ban expired, the AR-15, which does not stand for assault rifle to the uninitiated leftist buffoons, the AR-15 quickly became the most popular rifle in the country. They flew off the shelves. And yet, despite all of these AR-15s, these assault rifles being in the hands of millions, gun violence continued to sharply drop. For a decade after that, it's been clear for a long time that criminality is tied to a number of economic and societal factors, not the type or the number of guns Americans own. Mass shooting trends, in fact, seem to be disconnected from overall gun violence, which I said before. The vast majority of gun deaths in this country and the violent uh, crimes committed with guns are single individuals uh, with, uh, uh, with handguns, And they're usually crimes committed among gang members in inner city areas. We talk about the racial demographic of this all the time, and it has to be talked about. Why? Because even before they knew a thing about Boulder, Colorado, they declared the shooter there to be a white male. Instantly, Twitter was filled with white supremacists, white domestic terrorists, white, 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 white. Then we find out the guy's name is a, an Arab name, a Syrian name, rather, and that the guy uh, is a Syrian national who hated Donald Trump, by the way, or hates Donald Trump, and has long been in uh, trouble with the law and expressed many, many uh, instances of anger and frustration toward the country. His race immediately got dropped as a source of conversation, and it turned to gun control. There's a tremendous, and if you're on my Facebook, or my Gab, or my MeWe, I'll put it on those two. Um, there's a tremendous thing, and my friend, my friend Charlie sent me this, and it's just terrific. It's the media narrative chart for reporting violent crime. And it breaks everything down by attacker, victim, and narrative. 
For example, if there's a non-white shooter and a white victim, the narrative is gun control. However, if it's a white shooter and a non-white victim, the narrative is racism, white supremacy. And if it's a non-white attacker and a non-white victim, the ones that are the vast majority of crimes in this country, gun crimes in this country, overwhelmingly, it doesn't get any narrative at all. Run a story about the Kardashians instead. Well, here's what happened in this case. A Muslim shooter, a bunch of non-Muslim victims, and what is the narrative? Gun control. We have to remove the Muslim component of this. We can't use the white component anymore because he's not Caucasian. So we have to go back to the gun control issue. It's as predictable as the day is long. All right, I've got so much more to talk about on this, but we're going to take a time out here for news. And on the other side of the news, we're going to talk about a different kind of crime, the kind of crime that's being committed by our governor against the free people of the state of Ohio. Some people are standing up to the governor, and we're going to talk to one of them, a leader of an organization that is fighting back. That's coming up next on AM 1420 The Answer. for Bob? A comment? A complaint? Hit up the authority message line. Call 216-525-1806 and make your voice heard. That's 216-525-1806. Call the authority message line. Do we have a microphone outside on the freeway? I think I just heard a 17-car collision. That's what that beginning sounded like. Holy cow. Uh that sounded like a car wreck. Uh, 9.38, thanks for joining us this morning. All right, let's, uh, let's pivot away from the guns for a moment or two, and let's talk about uh, a different kind of attack on, uh, on our freedoms and liberties, the kind that attacks our First Amendment. I've uh, made a great point, uh, or not to say that it's great, that, uh, that I said it great, but uh, I've made an important uh, point of uh, discussing how the mask mandates and the Ohio lockdowns instituted by Mike DeWine violate literally all five of the tenets covered in our First Amendment. All five rights that we have guaranteed in the First Amendment are taken away by these mandate, mandates. And uh, one year on now from the lockdowns and coming up on a full year for the mask mandates when we were told it would only be four to six weeks, for many people, the time has come to get rid of all of it. Joining us now is Mel- Melanie Stolarski. Melanie represents a group called Ohio Freedom Fighters, or OFF, described as a group of concerned citizens and business owners and families dedicated to protecting our biblical and our constitutional rights through a grassroots movement, and uh, I'm all about that. I I support a lot of organizations just like that. Melanie, thanks uh, for joining us. How are you this morning? Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I'm great. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay, too. I'd be better like you if the governor would stop uh, imposing tyrannical uh, policies and dictates to us and allow us to breathe freely again. Uh, tell me about the birth of OFF. So, yes, it's, uh, it started one morning. I was in prayer. It was a Thursday morning, and God said, uh, you need to get together with the leaders, call the leaders together, and have a prayer and worship night for what's going on in this in society. So I, you know, kind of listened a little bit and de- delve in a little deeper. And Saturday morning, I thought, okay, I better start doing something because the Holy Spirit kept prompting me to do so. 
So I contacted um, Rob Walgate from American Policy Roundtable. He was to come speak, and I had some church leaders that were to come pray. And I got our worship team together, and we had over 100 people at this first event. And I thought, this was amazing. Oh, my gosh, God, this is great. Thank you. It, you know, really brought hope and and everything to the people that came. And people after the meeting said, well, what are we doing next week? And I said, what do you mean, what are we doing next week? This was my, you know, one thing God asked me to do. And they people kept calling and texting. And so every Wednesday for the past 18 Wednesdays, we've been meeting. And God has provided incredible speakers. And we, we're just getting the word out because knowledge is power. So and if we don't weekly, stand up, oh, it's No, that's weekly. okay. That's okay. You pause. Yeah, so yeah. it's a weekly event every Wednesday. That's pretty incredible. What kind of numbers do you get since, uh, you know, a lot of these kind of things are every other week or, you know, once a month and because uh, people just don't have the time to devote once a week to this. Do you still get a pretty good turnout? We do. Anywhere from 50 to 400 people. When Dr. Wow. Sherry Tenpenny came, we had over 400 and she'll be back next Wednesday to speak again. And we just know if we don't stand up for our God-given rights and freedoms today, America, one nation under God, could easily be no more. And he's calling us for such a time as this. Yeah, that is very well said. Um, we're talking about Melanie Stolarski. She represents Ohio Freedom Fighters. Uh, they meet every Wednesday. Where do you meet, by the way? Is it only for your local community? I don't know where you're from. We're in Medina, and no, anyone's welcome to attend. And okay. they can get the, the address from us if you just send us an email to Ohio Freedom Fighters at protonmail.com. Okay, and that's important. I'll ask you to repeat that again uh, when we're done with our conversation. It's important, and I know why you're doing that, of course. You have to vet anybody that wants to come because you don't want to have any rabble-rousers or troublemakers coming in there to uh, uh, to cause a problem. So this is this is exactly what grassroots movements do. They get together to peacefully discuss and to enact solutions. One of the solutions that you guys have come up with is maskless shopping. Uh, tell me, this is what actually brought you to my attention. My friend uh, Jeff Malik, our mutual friend Jeff Malik, uh, messaged me and told me that there's this group that does this, in addition to having meetings, that you guys do maskless shopping, even in the face of the uh, mask mandate handed down by the governor and enforced by local and state health departments. Tell me about all of that. Sure. So like you just mentioned, we act peacefully in our outings, and we uphold strong character as we increase our involvement in the community. So as a group, once a week, um, we take this weekly action step and we do massive shopping in our community. We do this to empower those that want to use their God-given rights to breathe freely. They may feel uncomfortable doing it alone. So we, we want to just promote that full-face shopping or a funny term I just heard the other day, full-face nudity, to those individuals <laughs> that don't even realize that they can shop in this manner. And it's just been amazing to see people's eyes just open and people rip that mask off because they feel empowered like oh my goodness i can do this there's other people that are breathing freely so it's just it's been incredible so how many people do you typically typically get in a group uh to go into stores and when you do a mask maskless shopping once a week is it to just one store that you pick or do you go from place to place and uh you know visit uh, a variety of of businesses So, again, anywhere from, I'd say, 6 to 35 people we've had so far at each each time we do it at each location. And we just pick one location. That's what we've been doing. And we go there um, just so people can be together in a group. And then there are some other um, branches that I know somebody did in Strongsville last week they met. And then they went to multiple places. But at this time, we're just doing the one place all together. 
And what kinds of reactions do you get when you go in? Well, this last week was interesting. Um, actually, it was two weeks ago because the people at the front door were pretty um, praised that there was so many people coming in maskless. So they didn't know what to do. They, they were a little bit in the uproar and, you know, were com- repeatedly asking, do you have masks? Do you need masks? We have masks. You need to wear a mask. And we're following a lot of us around in the stores. Um, they know, again, it's not law. So they can't, they can't make you wear a mask. They can't ask you to leave. And again, we're always compliant, but we want, we really just want to get information out there because knowledge is power and people need to know, hey, you got to stand up for your rights now because if you're not going to stand up against a mask, what are you going to do when they come for other things for you and your family? We're talking to Melanie Stolarski. She founded a group in Medina called Ohio Freedom Fighters, or OFF, which is perfectly appropriate since what we're talking about is taking masks off uh, and uh, and breathing freely. Uh, what about the, sh- the other shoppers? I understand that the employees are going to do what they have to do, and maybe even the store owners or managers may tell you certain things. What about the other shoppers? How do they respond? The majority of the other shoppers, you can tell just from their eyes that they're excited to see somebody else or someone standing up to what's going on. Because when we talk with these people as they, you know, come forward and they are ripping their masks off and thank you so much for showing me that we can do this, they're just scared. They feel like, you know, they are going to have a confrontation or what might happen if they if they do take off their mask. But now they're feeling empowered and, and we've had people join because they've seen us, you know, out shopping maskless and, oh my gosh, wh- where do you guys meet? What, you have a group that does this? I want to be a part of it. So we've had people that haven't even been starting from our our weekly meetings, meet us in these shopping experiences and are joining us now. So it's just incredible. That is incredible. And, you know, you may or may not realize I uh, represent an organization called CFFS, uh, Citizens for Free Speech. We have been very, very vocal and very, very active in numerous communities trying to encourage the same thing. Uh, take off the mask, free the face, uh, burn the mask, as a matter of fact. And, you know, we were not meant to uh, to hide ourselves like, like this. So I'm so encouraged to know that there are other groups out there being active. And I'd love to coordinate with you guys on this. But here's the question. Do you do you limit your excursions of maskless shopping, Melanie, to Medina County uh, uh, stores? No, we do not. Nope. This week we're going to be in Wadsworth, as a matter of fact, and we've done Wadsworth before. We've had people in the um, not not necessarily from off, but we've had other groups that we know of do them in other areas too, in other communities. But we are happy to go wherever we we travel because we want to get this message out, no matter where. The only reason I bring it up is because Medina is pretty well established as a kind of a conservative-leaning community. You'd probably have a ton of people who'd be supportive of what you're doing there. But what about people who live in less freedom uh, supporting uh, areas where, you know, perhaps they're more right of center, or excuse me, left of center? Uh, they're a little bit more afraid. They've bought into the fear. Uh, anybody without a mask makes them go hide in a corner. Um, what do you w- recommend to people who want to do maskless sh- maskless shoppings in less friendly confines? Just go, go in numbers. So if you're not comfortable standing up by yourself, that's okay. Get other friends. Give us a call. Reach out. Like I said, I'll give out our email again. We, we're happy to shop with you. But it's a, we have to stand now. We have to stand for our God-given freedoms now. You can't wait. God's have, called us to be bold. Have you been ejected from many places? 
I personally have not, but we've had other shoppers that have been asked to leave. And again, we're just peaceful. We give, we share information with them. We have handouts letting them know, you know, sites that they can go and, and view later at their convenience about right. what really is going on. So we don't want to just come in and, and show our face and, and get a negative connotation for us. We're, we're there to empower and to bring hope and joy and the love of the Lord. That is um, that is a great message uh, because you, you, I think you said at the beginning, you know, it's not law, so they can't throw us out. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they can not based on the law, but based on own individual business practices. You know the old, you know the old adage about no shirt, no shoes, no service. They can, you know, a fancy restaurant can say, say we cannot seat you unless you have a tie, sir. So if a business mm-hmm. does say, look, folks. Uh, it may not be enforceable by state law, but the state, the Ohio Health Department has said this is what must be done. We have made the decision in our business. This is what we are going to do. You have to leave. If they do that, uh, do you do, do you leave or do you say no? You're going to have to probably call the police because we're going to continue to shop. No, we leave and we leave them with information. And Dr. Tenpenny shared this at our last, the last meeting that she spoke, and it's really resonated with me and a lot of our group members. We're here to plant seeds, and then we give it over to God. So, again, we planted the seed. We showed them and explained to them that these are not laws. These are dictates, tyrannical government, and here's what the truth is, and we're going to leave you with the truth, and then we're just going to pray pray for them that God opens their eyes. Melanie, have you or your group reached out to any elected officials? Well, yes, we have. We had um, Senator Romanchuk come and speak at our group he was incredible. He is definitely um, not for the mass, and he he came and spoke and answered questions, and it was wonderful because it was great to hear from, you know, a senator. Okay, I don't believe in this either, and we're trying to make change. And then we also um, heard from Jonah Schultz. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I am indeed. Yes, and, he is wonderful. So he's, yeah, he's a candidate, he's a candidate to replace House. Anthony Gonzalez uh, as they try to primary yes. him out. Right, right. Yeah, yes. I, I spoke so with him. He's, he's a good somebody. guy. So, so he's coming to speak too. Oh, that's awesome! That's I'm sure that'll mm-hmm. be great. Uh, the reason I asked if you had any elected officials that you guys have talked to is because you know what happened yesterday. My, uh, Mike Dewine vetoed the SB 22, which is not a yeah. perfect bill, but mm-hmm. it is a good bill. Uh, it is a solid bill that does take some of that tyrannical power away from the Ohio governor, uh, so that he doesn't get to act like a king, or he, along with the health director, deciding uh, what to do to healthy people in order to prevent uh, uh, or in order to respond to emergencies. So I, I'm hoping that you and groups like yours and groups like Ohio Stands Up that I always talk about with Tom Renz and uh, groups like the uh, co- uh, Coalition to uh, Restore Freedom with Tom Hack and others. Um, hope you, you're encouraging your members to call your representatives, call your senators. They have to override this veto, and there is some concern, potentially anyway, that they may not be able to do so, that they may switch some votes. So I'm hopeful that in addition to doing the maskless shopping, you guys are doing true grassroots political work here and making sure that we are all reaching out to representatives and senators to, so that we take back some of our freedom from the governor. Absolutely, I agree, and, and we are doing that. We promote that strongly we want people to do their due diligence we let them know what the bills are what's going on we have people come speak about them so they know and can can react and take action terrific well melanie i appreciate uh uh, you coming on with us real quick give us that uh email address again if somebody wants to attend one of your meetings of ohio freedom fighters how can they uh how can they do that absolutely it's ohio freedom fighters 
at protonmail.com. Protonmail.com, Ohio Freedom Fighters at Protonmail.com. Melanie Stolarski, they'll uh, take a look and make sure that people who are like-minded want to come in and be a part of a peaceful uh, expression of views can come, and people who want to cause trouble uh, stay away. Uh, listen, great work, Melanie. Thanks so much. I'm probably going to be back in touch with you because I'm sure uh, that we have a lot of things in common with the organization that I represent, Citizens for Free Speech, and I'm sure we could probably partner together and really help uh, effect some very positive change. So we'll look forward to that in the future, and thanks Thanks so much for today. Thank you so much. Have a All great right. day. You, you too. Thank you. Melanie Stolarski, Ohio Freedom Fighters. It's 952. Back after this. Okay, 9.58, very, very, very short segment here as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to Melanie Stolarski. So um, coming up in uh, about 12 minutes now at about 10.10, we're going to talk to Jack Windsor from the Ohio Star. Jack is, of course, uh, in addition to being the managing editor there, he is the Statehouse reporter, and he has done yeoman's work on covering the response to Mike DeWine's veto yesterday. Mike DeWine issued a five-page explanation in a letter to every Ohio legislator as to why he is vetoing SB 22, which would restrict or remove some of his unilateral powers on how to respond to an emergency, a pandemic or other health emergency. And his letter was torn apart by a couple of constitutional experts, Ohio constitutional attorney uh, Maurice Thompson with the 1851 Law Center and also uh, by Ohio State Rep- Representative Scott Wiggum, who rebutted, as Jack put it, with surgi- uh, uh, rebutted it surgically, rather, surgically addressing all of DeWine's alleged false and meaningless statements. And indeed, there were at least eight at least eight false statements in his letter explaining why he is voting or he uh, decided to veto the um, uh, SB 22. So we're going to talk to Jack, and we're going to find out what Maurice Thompson said. We're going to find out what uh, Representative Wiggum said, and we're going to find out what this means as far as the veto or veto override that is going to come. This is so incredibly important. I cannot state it enough. I even took some of my time with my interview with Melanie Stolarski to beg her to tell her group at um, uh, Off Ohio uh, Freedom Fighters. And I want everybody, if you're in a group or not, to contact your state representative and contact your state senator and ask them, beg them, tell them, demand that they vote to override. It's going to be narrow. On the House side in particular, you need 60 votes to override DeWine's veto and take back some of our freedoms. And right now we only have 57 votes. Now the Speaker, Speaker Cup, says that's only because there were some who were not there to vote last time, and then they have assured me they will vote to override. So we can hope, but we don't have anything in the bag. Cannot count anything right now, so make sure that you reach out to your senators and representatives. So we're going to talk to Jack Windsor about all of that. Our liberty in the state of Ohio depends on this. Stay with us after the news on AM 1420.